Hey guys, this is Kendra, and if April were here with me, this is the time that she would be saying, and this is April, and you are listening to Nocturnal Distractions. I'm having to record this beginning part again due to some technical audio issues <clears throat> that I was not able to correct in any way. It was a, something with the mics. I'm not even sure what. Um, so this beginning part, I'm having to record again, so you'll have to forgive me. I'm not not feeling as great today as I was last night when we recorded, so you'll notice a change in voice. And Anyways, um, updates for our podcast right now. We couldn't remember if we had announced this during the last recording or not, but we did reach a thousand plays. So thank you everyone who has tuned in to listen and is still listening now. That's amazing. You guys are awesome. And we also had reached 500 followers on Instagram. So that is really amazing too. You guys are all fantastic, um, and a lot of you out there are podcasters, and that's awesome, too. But for those of you who aren't a podcaster, that's even, that's really awesome, too. I hope you keep tuning in and listening to us. Um, we got one more state listening in, so we're up to 37 now. I don't remember what state it was because I have to go back and check it with my map and the list, and I have not done that yet. And I know that we had two more countries that are now tuning in. We have... Belgium and Ireland, I believe. So thank you for everyone that is still listening out there. We hope you keep tuning in like you are every week. Um, please leave us some reviews. Leave us some feedback. Let us know what you guys want to hear, which, what you like, what you don't like. Um, constructive criticism. Don't be mean about it. But, you know, if you want to leave us a review on Apple Podcast, that's a great place to leave them because you can leave actual like written reviews. Um, Spotify, you can also just give us a five-star review if you want to. That'd be fantastic. We'd love to hear from you guys. Um, Instagram, we have Twitter, we have a Facebook page. Just send us a message. Let us know what's going on out there. Um, so I don't think it was the last episode that we recorded, but maybe the one before that, that I talked about a couple of cases that were, that are ongoing here in Nebraska. Um, one had to do with a Texas teenager who drove here from Texas and got into an accident on the interstate once the state patrol was onto him. And he had a dead body in the trunk, which they had just identified as being his mother the last time I had actually talked about this. So I have a little bit more information on that case. And then the other case that I'm going to update you guys all, all on is the one where the Elwood woman had hired a hitman and did not realize that hitman was actually an undercover state patrol officer. So we're going to do a quick update on those really quick here. All right. So the first one is the Texas one. And I'm pulling this like off of a news site from Texas. So I'm just going to read it word for word pretty much so I don't get anything confused or uh, misinformation put out there about it at all. So, and they originated from Humble, Texas. So a Texas teenager is charged with murder after his mother's body was found in the trunk of his car following a police chase in Nebraska. Tyler Rowans, 17, and his mother, Michelle Rowans, 49, were reported missing from their home in the city of Humble last week. According to Harris County Sheriff Ed Gonzalez, Tyler is also being charged with tampering with evidence in his mother's death. Initial reports indicate that she has died from strangulation and blunt force trauma. Tyler remains in custody of Nebraska police pending his extradition to Harris County, deputies said. Tyler's father told Harris County Sheriff's deputies that his wife and son were missing and he was unable to contact them. 
the morning they went missing, which I believe was like October 13th. I would have to look that back up again. But he also said that their 2011 Mazda 3 was missing. After noticing the missing vehicle, Tyler's father found a human tooth and blood in the garage, documents state. He reportedly followed a trail of blood into the primary bedroom of the house, where he found at least four additional human teeth in a pool of blood. Investigators reportedly observed other signs of apparent foul play in the home, though it's unclear what they found. The father also found his wife's cell phone and purse in the home, according to court documents. He tried to track his son's phone using the app Life360, but discovered that his son had deleted the app and that his son's phone was turned off. Surveillance video showed the Mazda 3 leaving the home at 11.44 a.m. Charges on Michelle's credit card were pinged in Humble, Texas, Richardson, Texas, Atoka, Oklahoma, and Chautauqua, Kansas. The car's license plate also pinged on a reader near Dallas, documents revealed. So this is how they were able to track him into Nebraska, because we had questions on that last time. Like, how did they know that he was even near Nebraska? Well, because they followed, like, the credit card. It's always a digital trail out there, if not a paper trail. So investigators then alerted the Nebraska State Patrol after receiving information that the vehicle was possibly traveling in the state. Shortly after that, the Nebraska State Patrol located the Mazda 3 around two and a half hours west of Omaha, traveling westbound on I-80 near Grand Island, investigators say. Troopers attempted to conduct a traffic stop, but the driver fled. Troopers found Tyler behind the wheel of the car after he had crashed into, he tried to slow down, and he crashed into the back of a semi and then crashed into a tree. And so they found him behind the wheel. He was transported to the nearby hospital with non-life-threatening injuries and then eventually transported to a hospital in Omaha. And that's when they found the deceased body in the trunk. And later on, they were able to identify it as being his mother. Um, his mother, Michelle, was described as a fierce animal advocate, mother and wife, and was well-regarded, neighbors say. Tyler was more mysterious. According to court documents, he was charged with attempted sexual assault earlier in 2022, so earlier this year, and was out on a $10,000 bond. He's accused of attacking an 18-year-old girl in his car, ripping her shirt off, and grabbing her in a school parking lot. He is not enrolled in Humble school district anymore, where his sister was actually valedictorian two years ago in 2020. Humble school district confirmed that the teenager was at one time a student in their district. So I don't know if that means that he got expelled or if he just dropped that on his own because he is of the age where he would be able to decide on his own whether or not he wanted to go to school. That information is not known. So right now, that that's what we know. Um, I'm kind of invested in keeping an eye on this case just because like him getting caught like happened right outside of where we live basically. And yeah, so I will keep you guys updated as more information is released and hopefully more is hopefully we kind of like start to see some sort of picture as to what exactly happened that made Tyler decide to just basically snap. I mean, in a way, and kill his mother, you know? Um, obviously, there were some issues with him, I would I would assume, due to the fact that he did attack an 18-year-old, an 18-year-old girl, and one would think that he wouldn't go from, like, not doing anything to just that right away. Like, there had to probably, I would assume, be some precursors as to behavioral problems or things like that. So, it'll be interesting. Not interesting, that's the wrong word. I hate using that word. It will, 
hopefully be telling over time what all went wrong there. But I will keep you updated. The other case then is of the Elwood woman who was accused of murder plot and she will be headed to trial in November. And this happened back at the beginning of October when she was caught. So an Elwood woman charged for an alleged murder for hire plot is headed to trial court in Elwood, Nebraska. And 39-year-old Valerie Miller is charged with five counts of attempted murder, murder conspiracy, and terroristic threats. On Tuesday, and I'm not sure when this, I forgot to look at the date for this one too, but it couldn't have been that long ago. So on Tuesday, probably a week from this last Tuesday, she waived a probable cause hearing and her case was transferred to Gosper County District Court. Her next hearing is November 14th. A probable cause affidavit describes how she allegedly made plans to meet up with an undercover investigator with the Nebraska State Patrol. The two had been in contact on a social media app, court documents said, as Miller was looking for someone to buy her a gun, but was unaware the individual was an undercover trooper. Now, here's where I have questions. What social media app were they on that they got into this conversation? That is my question. Like, was they on a dating site app? Was it like one of the other social media is like, I have so many questions here. So many. But like I said last time, I don't, I don't want to go in there and be like, where do you find a hitman? Because I, that's just not a good thing to have in your Google history in general. But still, and I know that you can go to like the dark web probably, but I don't think, I don't think this person was smart enough to do that. I don't even know how to get there. So I don't know how somebody else would. And just like going into like, a social media chat room of or app of some sort and somehow finding somebody to confide that in like i don't know it blows my mind um so anyway those documents allege that the pair had planned and then met in the parking lot of the walmart in lexington nebraska during that conversation agent said miller asked if the undercover agent could purchase a gun for her specifically a revolver during the same conversation, court documents said Miller stated she wanted several individuals, quote, not living, end quote. When asked who that was, Miller stated that it was her ex-husband's girlfriend, the girlfriend's three young children, as well as the girlfriend's adult son. So I had that part kind of confused because it was the wording was confusing in the last article that I had read about this case. It made it sound like maybe there's something going, like it made it sound like the 20-year-old was valerie's son and it's not the 20 year old is actually the ex-husband's girlfriend's son all these kids were her basically she wanted her ex-husband's new family taken out that's what it sounds like to me the undercover agent had then explained that it would cost miller one thousand dollars per person court documents go on to outline how miller allegedly gave the agent details about the home where all the people were living and described what hours would work to go inside the conversation would continue with the undercover agent suggesting that having the children murdered as well was probably not in Miller's best interest as they posed no threat to her. She finally did ultimately agree with the agent and they allegedly made a deal that he would only carry out two murders on her ex-husband's girlfriend, so her, her ex-husband's new girlfriend and then the girlfriend's adult son for a total of $2,000. And that just blows my mind too. It's like, you really think that it's only gotten cost you $2,000 to have two people taken out. Like I, maybe I know I'd look, I don't know a lot about hiring a hitman, but I feel like it should cost more than $2,000. I don't know. So the agent asked for a down payment basically. And 
Miller had responded that she had no extra money, but she would be able to pay him at the end of the week. Gotta wait for that paycheck first. Miller then left the parking lot and was pulled over a few minutes later by three Nebraska State Patrol vehicles. Since her arrest, the ex-husband's girlfriend has filed protection orders on behalf of herself and her children. She said in those documents that she had no clue that this was going on and learned of the plot after Miller's arrest by Nebraska State Patrol. It also said in the documents, and this is the part that I'm, I'm confused about, and I'm not sure if this is worded wrong again, but it said in the documents that Miller had lived at the same home she described to the undercover agent since the summer. So I don't know if they were all living in the same house together, which is just brings up a whole bunch more questions in my mind. Because if this was her ex-husband who has another girlfriend who has children and she's living with them. I don't, I'm not sure there. I'm confused about that part right now. So hopefully they'll kind of make that more clear. Miller's bail was set at 10% of $500,000, which I mean, she didn't have $2,000 to actually go through with um, hiring this quote unquote hitman. So I don't think she's going to be going anywhere, but there are the updates then on those two cases that we had. And I just wanted to make sure I got that in there for you guys. And the next part you're going to hear is going to be of the original audio that we recorded last night. And so you are going to have about like a, a minute and a half to two minute segment right in here that has that weird audio quality that's kind of like high pitched buzzing or echoey sound to it. It's the oddest thing and it's something to do with the mics and I haven't figured it out yet. But it's only a short little segment in there. And then we'll take like an ad break and then get into the rest of the episode. But this is a part one of part two. Just because of the length that this episode did wind up being. We don't normally split stuff, you know, apart. But I feel like with a two-hour episode that just splitting it, especially with the audio issues that we were having, is going to be the best idea. So, like I said, this will be part one, which is hate to blow what the subject is right now because you'll hear it again in a minute, but we're going to be talking about Satanism. So we'll leave it at that. And then this first part is going to go into the really condensed version or, or condensed history of Satanism, not like a really in-depth history of it, but a condensed history of what it is. And then part two, we'll cover more of the myths and the um, myths or the facts versus the fiction or fiction versus facts, however you want to think about that, of what Satanism actually is and what they believe. So I'm going to sign off now. I hope you guys keep on listening, please. And then listen to part two also. Bye. So we're going to talk about something else that's a little different and people have preconceived notions about, right? So I want you to forget for a moment everything that I've ever told you about anything. Oh, okay. About crime or in general? In general. Okay. Mainly religion. Okay. Okay. So, when you hear of somebody being a Satanist, what do you think? Oh, I definitely... Without knowing what you already know, <laughs> pretend you're an average person who doesn't know anything else. Yes, I know. Okay. Um, that they're just worshipping the devil. Unseen. And that's it? And there's going to be some sacrifices and some human rapes going on. Human rapes. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? And, like, I think of the, an altar and it, killing of little birds and animals and just little things like that. That's what okay. I think of. All right. Good. All well, I just said that. Yeah. Okay. So that's what most people think of when they think of Satanism, when they think of 
satanic when they think of any of that stuff. They think cult, they think human sacrifice, they think animal sacrifice, they think drugs and crime and just terrible Negative, people. just negative. Just all Nancy. negative stuff. It's not. <laughs> it's not. When you actually look in, so this is going to be about the actual religion of Satanism. Oh, wow. And what it actually means. And I'm going to do some of like the myths okay. that people think about Satanism and the actual facts okay, and okay. where it actually comes from and what they actually believe in and don't believe in. Oh, and it's God, very different. Badass. Like I learned some stuff because I had those preconceived notions too, right? Because yeah. that's what you automatically think of. Yeah. And because you got all these people committing murder too that are doing that same thing. And they're like, oh, no, nope. Right. So I learned a lot here. And so I thought this would be a really interesting thing to kind of cover. Fuck yeah. Because I not people not how many people like what let's face it, not many people are gonna look into what Satanism actually is because they most people think they know. I mean I thought I knew. Right. I can't wait. This is gonna be a badass episode. <laughs> Should we do a potty break first before we get crazy into it? We'll be right back. And we're back, everybody. Hello, hello. Hope you all had a nice quick break there. And got yourself in the mood for some Satanism. That sounds so bad, but it's not as bad as you think it might be. This is true. And you will learn this. April seems very excited about I this. I am. I think she might turn to a Satanism. Sa Satanist. <laughs> a Satanist. A Satanist. Well, you never fucking know. I just like good talks. I know, right? I like, like talks I like researching this one because I'm like, oh, wow. Like, that kind of makes sense. But I'm like, wait, what? Because then you got that stigma, that connotation. Like, you got that idea in the back of your head of what it is. Right. And it's hard to, like, switch your brain to something different than what you think it actually is. Even though you know that, like, things aren't always as people say they are about things. Right. There was a situation where... Um, you know, gossip, mm -hmm. and a person told me, why fight for them to know your point of view? Because they already have it in their head. Mm -hmm. They already know it's not going to switch no matter no. no matter the outcome. And is that kind of like the same thing here? I mean, no, because like, I feel like with this type of a thing, if somebody has an open enough mind and they're willing to listen, I mean, it's not it's going to make them go that route, but it's going to open their mind to looking at it a different way. Right. And like, I'm all for that kind of discussion. When somebody has an, an open enough mind to have a healthy discussion, then I'm fine with it because I might change their mind about something. They might change my mind about something. And I'm totally cool with that. That's I'm not so stuck in my ways that I can't listen. See something else. And see it in a different way. Mm -hmm. I like these conversations because usually me and Kendra, me and you, we differ, but we're the same at the same time. And it's interesting when, yeah, and it's interesting to to have conversations with you where we're completely polar opposite and mm -hmm. see how I change or how you change or the ideas we just get to go and, and mm -hmm. nobody hates each other at the no. end of it. I fucking love those conversations. Well, see, and, that's, and that's, I think as adults, we should be able to have those types of conversations with adults mm -hmm. instead of it turning into a pissing match of who can insult who better mm -hmm. and you totally lose sight of the conversation that you started off having like straight up that was me eight years ago if we did not have the same idea then we were like enemies maybe not enemies but we couldn't talk there, there wouldn't have been nothing. any point like because yeah. i've done that with people before on 
you know, whether it was on Facebook or somewhere like that, it's like, I will debate with you and share information with you. But as soon as you get insulting or you start sending me a bunch of information that is very swung one way or the other. Yeah. It's not. No, it's not a debate. It's you or, trying to. Or if you send me 12 articles on your view and expect me to read all of them in 10 minutes and like, so you're not done yet. It's like, okay, this is, I'm, this is done. I'm over. Right. And you don't even want to take mine into consideration. It's just yeah. all about, yeah. It's like, no, not, not doing this. It's wonderful. Not, doing not that, but the good yeah. stuff. All right. So okay. here we go. So Satanism. Yay. First of all, Satanism, Satanism is a modern, largely non-theistic, which is mean, which means not having or involving a belief in a God or gods. Okay. Religion, because religion, I had to look up religion then, right? And religion is a cause, principle, or system of beliefs held to, held to, with, and, bleh, held to, with, and, okay, something's screwed up there. Held to with faith. Held to with faith. Okay. Basically. So it's, but theirs is a religion that's based on literary, artistic, and philosophical interpretations of the central figure of evil. That's what it starts off as. But their kind of whole definition of evil and everything is going to be a little different. Okay. Okay. It wasn't until the 1960s that an official satanic church was formed by Anton Levy. Okay. Pause. So the initial thing is to get to know evil better. Yeah. I mean, it's well, it's based. No, it's based on just like the interpretations around that figure uh-huh. of like what makes something evil, what is that type of thing. It's okay. just like one kind of thing. So Satanism is more people curious about. Dot 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 about sort evil of. and what comes around. Well, it. sort of. We'll get into. It. Okay, There's, we'll get into. It. So we're gonna go back to kind of the history of how Satanism kind of came to be more, and then we'll get into like the myths and preconceptions that people have, and whether or not they're true or false, fact or fiction. Sweet. I'm gonna okay. turn my phone down because it keeps on beeping. <laughs> so prior to the 20th century. Satanism did not exist as a real organized religion, but was commonly claimed as real by Christian churches. The claims seemed to surface when persecuting other religious groups during events like the Inquisition, various witch hysterias, and in Europe and colonial America, and the Satanic Panic in the 1980s. So basically, when it suited them, all of a sudden, Satanism was a thing. Otherwise, it wasn't. Only when the Christian churches thought it would gonna do good for them of course of course it was so satan satanism's first appearance and or sorry satan's first appearance wasn't even in christianity so the christian religion was not even the first religion that had satan Ah, technically technically he began as the zoroastrian side note of this zoroastrianism is an ancient persian religion that may have originated as early as 4,000 years ago. Arguably the world's first monotheistic, so belief in one God, faith, it is one of the oldest religions still in, in existence. Oh, wow. So he began as the Zoroastrian devil figure, which opposed the Zoroastrian creator God and tempted humans. So that is where the original Satan slash devil came from. He wasn't born from Christianity. It was from Zoroaster. Something else we stole. Okay, continue. Not us, because I'm yeah, not Christian. Yeah, because I, but... I haven't read a whole lot about that Zoroastrianism. 
or Zoro yeah, Zoroastrianism, but I know I have it in a couple books because it's one of like the big top 12. So like 4,000 years ago, was that before the Bible? It was a while ago. It was before like the Celts and stuff. Because remember how we talked about that being yeah. 2,000 years ago? Yeah. Shit. Okay. Um, Satan is later portrayed in Jewish, Jewish Kabbal 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 Kabbalah. Kabbalism. Kabbalism. Which presents him as a demon who lives in a demonic realm. So that's still before Christianity. Mm -hmm. The name Satan first appeared in the book of Numbers in the Bible, used as a term describing defiance. The character of Satan is featured in the book of Job as an accusing angel. We've talked, I think, about this, like he was a fallen angel at one time or yeah. something. He was um, ugly and he was little. Yeah. And then in the apoc apocryphal book of Enoch, written in the first century BC, Satan is a member of the Watchers, a group of fallen angel angels. Okay, can you say that part again? So the um, first, in different places in the Bible, he's kind of described as different things. So he is featured in the book of Job as an accusing angel. In the, there's this word, it's, it's apocryphal book of Enoch, written during the first century, before Christ. Satan is a member of the Watchers, a group of fallen angels. Okay. Later established as a nemesis of Jesus Christ in the New Testament, Revelations, depicts him as the ultimate evil. It's the Christian figure of Satan that Satanism directly references. Uh, but not necessarily in like the way you're probably thinking. Right, the way that it's yeah, because they take it commonly. they take the literal kind of definition of it. Um so we're going to kind of go backwards a little bit now. Start back in like the 14th century where Satan was seen as a anti-hero okay. kind of which he still is. Mhm. Mm so, um, in a 14th century poem by Dante, captured the Christian belief by portraying Satan as an evil monster at that time. But the Romantics during the 17th century recast him as an admirable and magnetic rebel, an anti-hero defying God's authoritarianism. The most enduring satanic symbol was created by occult author Eliphas. Oh, I forgot to look this one up. Eliphas Levi. Levi describes him as the born to goat deity, Baphomet, which linked Baphomet with Satan. That's where the horned thing comes from. Satan in the 19th century, however, changes more. The last half of the 19th century saw a resurgence in the view of Satan as anti-hero. So this would be like um, late 1800s, early 1900s. So there's an Aleister Crowley, he was a legendary occultist, viewed Satan symbolically. His 1913 poem, A Hymn to Lucifer, celebrated the devil as the provider of soul and rebellion to the universe. Crowley's ideas were influential in Satanism. So they, once again, there's another way of looking at him. Right. So as the provider of soul and rebellion. That push-pull, you gotta have that push-pull. Yeah, universe. like yin and yang. Mm -hmm. And then Anton LaVey, Sometime between 1957 and 1960, he held night classes in the occult. Mm -hmm. Regular attendees eventually formed the Church of Satan. Okay. So this was the big guy kind of that started kind of forming this whole together, at least here in the United States. Okay. This is the dude. Okay. These sessions were mostly discussion-based, but on April 30th, 1966, the group formalized as the Church of Satan. And the meetings became more ritual-based, incorporating theatrics, co costuming, and music. Levy became known as the Black Pope. 
Now wait, when before you start thinking about rituals being all weird, right. they're not. <laughs> it's more of the way for them to mess with Christians. Honestly. Right. I was about <laughs> to say, is this really a church or is this like a group of people that are fucking just like to pick at people? Kind of and kind of not, because we'll get into the fact that they're not really like what you would consider what a normal church is. They don't have services. They don't have things like that. Right. So, but we're also gonna learn. As I get into here, like, um, as with any religion, even within Christian religion, you have different denominations, right? right? So you've got Catholics, you've got Methodists, you have Lutherans, you have Baptists. They're all Christian, but they're just different branches. branches. And that's what you'll see eventually with Satanism is that there's different branches, branches. that kind of have their own little path that they're following. Right. So to, to lump it all together even is hard, which is why... Most of what I'm going to be talking about is based on the Church of Satan, which was mainly here. I mean, it was here in the United States. It's been here the longest. Right. So, um, this is one that kind of went off into another direction. His name is Herbert Sloan. Sloan. Yep. He was an Ohio barber and part-time spiritual medium. And he claimed in 1969 that he started the first Satanist organization. And it was the Our Lady of Endor Coven. Of the Ophite cultist Satanus. Okay. He said, he claimed in 1969 that this started in 1948, supposedly. Sloan described his group as focused on the metaphys metaphysical aspects of Satan and offered service, communion, and coffee and donuts socializing afterwards. So more like a regular church. Yeah, but to compete with Levy's offerings, he uh, added naked women to the meetings. <laughs> oh, Okay. Right. Whatever gets them in, I guess. Right? Because that's lust. I'm guessing lust and sex. That's the like the main thing that's sort of. anti. But but at the same time, you have to go about it the right way. Right? Which you'll find out. And then there was the Order of the Nine Angles. The Order of Nine Angles formed in England in the 1970s to practice an occult-focused Satanism and the more recent Joy of Satan, which wraps UFO conspiracies and anti-Semitism into their Satanism. Okay, now when you say a cult, you mean a no, space a cult. cult with the O. Yep. A cult. Okay. So, say, this is under the headline Satanic Schisms. Satanic Schisms. I like okay. that word. Okay. So, as the Church of Satan grew in size, internal rifts developed, leading some members to split off to start their own branches. As proof of Satanism's growth, the U.S. Army actually included the faith in its manual for chaplains called Religious Requirements and Practices beginning in 1978. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. So this is like a thing thing. Oh, yeah. This is a recognized religion. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. They just don't do stuff like the rest of the religions do pretty much. Right. Yeah. So later satanic groups include the Order of the Left Hand Path, a New Zealand group. Hi, Miss New Zealand. Are you a member of this group? I'm, I'm just kidding. I bet you know somebody who is. <laughs> it's not very big. I got my eyes on you. I wonder how many people I've met that are Satanism. Be surprised right? because they don't. I, they don't boast. They're they like, they can hey. no. They can look like regular. I mean, they look like regular people, just like church. Because yeah, they are they're not people. all dressed in black and shit. Right. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, this was in New Zealand, and it mixed Satanism with Nietzscheism, Nietzschean. Sorry, Nietzschean philosophy, which is. Uh, I forgot to look that up. I just looked up how to say it. Okay, I'm I was just, just happy I was able to say Nietzschean. We're gonna have to spell it. Hold on. Like I know it Nietzsche. I know it's Nietzsche, and I know it was something along the lines at the same time as Marxism. 
I want to know. But I don't know what exactly. So how do you spell it? Oh, good Lord. Um, N-I-E-N-I-E-Z-S-C-H-E-A-N. E-A-N. I think that's supposed to be an I. N-I, right? N-I-E, yep. Okay. Sorry. Thank you for saying that. Uh -huh. Oh, look, there's a whole bunch of cool stuff. Yeah, there probably is because it's a big, it's, I mean, it's a major philosophy. It's kind of like I said, around the same time as, as Marx theory. Marxism was big, I think. So what it says is, was a German philosopher, culture, critic, and it's a person, right? Mm -hmm. A philosopher who's worked as, I'll let you do that so I don't butcher this because you're doing a good Okay, job. Friedrich William Nietzsche was a German philosopher, cultural critic, and philosopher philologist whose work has exerted a profound influence on modern intellectual history. He began his career as a classical philologist before turning to philosophy. Let me see. What are Nietzsche's main beliefs? He questioned the basis of good and evil. He believed that heaven was an unreal place or the world of ideas. His ideas of atheism were demonstrated in works such as God is Dead. He argued that the development of science and emergence of a secular world were leading to the death of Christianity. So I wonder, because he doesn't... It, it states, you know, he didn't believe in God, God, God. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people say, well, if you don't believe in God, then you believe in the devil and you believe dot, 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 like you have mm -hmm. to choose. So I wonder yep. if that's where people's ignorance came mm -hmm. from in thinking. And that's like, so where it's at. Right. Mm -hmm. Except for these people were legitimately following Satan. No. What people? The Satanisms. They made a church around like. Yeah, but it's not following Satan. We'll get there. Okay. Yeah. Like I said, it's completely different than like okay. what you're thinking. You're thinking well, of something different. Well, no, get I'm to just it. what you read. No, I know, but like it, it's one of those things where until you know like what All Satanism actually is and what they actually do, right? Well, the first yeah. church was founded, correct, on following this fallen angel. Yes. Okay. So that's. I just needed to make kind sure of. that. I mean, the idea of him. Yeah. Not the actual thing. Well, that's because we've recreated yeah, the thing I know, over time. Like I said, they they like they explain it really well. Okay, you no, know, keep <laughs> it. I just needed yeah, to... but yes. And then you have the sat Satanic Reds, which formed in 1997 in New York and combined Satanism with socialism and Lovecraftian concepts, a subgenre of horror fiction. Apparently, huh. like I said, you get all these branches of Christianity. I mean, it makes sense. You're gonna have different branches of something else, right? So it's not surprising, and, and that could be part of the confusion, too, that people get. Because if you run into somebody from a different branch, you're going to get a different Answer. idea. Because they're combining it with this, that, and the other. Something thing. else. Yeah. So, then we also run into the Satanic Panic. Oh, shit. So in the 1980s, Satanic Panic saw Christian fundamentalists pushed the idea that satanic cults were abusing children in rituals and committing widespread murder. And they successfully convinced the general public through sensational media news coverage. Christian groups misrepresented the satanic church's beliefs and practices in order to fabricate a real-life figure behind the conspiracy for the media. Right. So they took this idea, said, these people are doing this, Let's turn against them. Right. All fear-based. Because if you don't yep. believe in God and you're not going to our church mm -hmm. and you're doing this, then it's all bad, all bad, all bad. And they used the, like, serial killer figures back then, the ones that said, like, hail Satan, to justify them being like, see, 
Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that's insane because how many Christians have killed because of God? I mean, it's the same. Okay. Just making yeah. sure I so, have that one too. So like serial killer Richard Ramirez, the night stalker, when he was finally captured in 1985, claimed to be a Satanist, employing Satan, employing Satanic symbolism to his look and claiming to know Levi, which he did not know. So that's the guy who's doing yeah, oh, okay, yeah. adding fuel to the fire of the panic, of course. Levi claimed they had briefly met in the streets in the 1970s, but Ramirez had never fet- set foot in any of the buildings or the church, quote unquote church. Right, not one of yours. Yeah. The panic escalated with satanic ritual abuse becoming a standard aspect of high profile cases. So there are some of these cases that were like, but they consider high profile. There's one with a school that had to do with like psychologists that were using this against people. Well, anyway, it was just warping it, right? So the zeal of the fundamentalists led to few, if any, investigations or prosecutions of actual Satanists. So all of this satanic panic, there weren't any Satanists that really got prosecuted. Oh, wow. Actually, most of the victims of the frenzy were other Christians. Ah. So, but it doesn't matter. The seed was sown. Right. Like... A seed has been in people's heads since then. Because mm-hmm. it like that was the yeah. first thing I thought of. Exactly. And so, here we go, you know, the Church of Satan weathered the satanic panic of the 1980s and 90s with Levy keeping a calm and low profile despite media attention. So he wasn't out there saying it. He was just like, let you mm-hmm. be ignorant. But the group did face some challenges after Levy's death in 1997. Leadership then went to Levy's partner, Blanche Barton. Barton appointed author and church member Peter H. Gilmore as high priest. Gilmore's controversial claims that Church of Satan members were the only true Satanists led to a new wave of departing church members, creating their own offshoots. So basically he was like, oh, pure blood, you know. Gotcha. Pure bloods versus muggle bloods. Mud bloods. <laughs> Mud bloods. It's just kind that of type like, of a thing. So there, he's like saying, if you're not part of this one, then you're not a real Satan. That made like people Catholics. like, yeah, they went Catholic. Basically, Satan. kind of that kind of thing. So like that created like a, like a, whoop, we're gonna leave. We're gonna go start our own little. So here's where some more start. So this is where Lucifer, Luciferianism. Ooh, that sounds like fancy. Luciferianism. Say that too. I'm sorry. So former Order of the Nine Angles member and heavy metal musician. Michael Ford formed the Greater Church of Lucifer in 2013, opening the first public satanic temple in Houston two years later. The GCL follows many Levine principles with touches of the occult and has chapters in other countries. Like I've heard of Luciferianism before. I have. I don't know a whole lot about it, but I, I have heard of it before. And then you have the satanic temple, which is different than the satanic church. The satanic temple... Um, is the most successful result of church divisions. It first gained attention in 2013 with a satir- satirical satire, in other words, satire rally against Florida Governor Rick Scott, but grew into a more organized group quickly. Co-founders Lucian Greaves and Malcolm Jerry characterized the temple's creation as a reaction to the Church of Satan's inability to manifest itself into a real-world relevant organization. So basically, the Satanic Temple is more of like an organization, like kind of like a politically almost one. And they kind of uh, bashed the Church of Satan because they weren't 
doing what they were doing. Yeah. Okay. Everyone is organized. Um, calling itself a non-theistic religion, embracing the devil as a symbolic form of rebellion, the temple devoted itself to political action focused on the separation of church and state, religious equality, and reproductive rights. I will give them credit for that. Yes. That. They're very much behind that. Um, the temple launched, launched a physical location in Salem, Massachusetts in 2016 and was recognized as a religion by the U.S. government in 2019, receiving tax-free status. It has grown to actually include 20 temples across North America. Nice. I've got so many questions, but continue. I don't know a lot about that one either. It's just, like I said, that's another. I'm just talking about in general. Branch off. So now we're going to get into like the satanic Bible because I mean, there's something obviously got a Christian Bible. You're going to have a satanic Bible. And so this is something like LeVay had published this in 1969, bringing together LeVay's personal mix of black magic and occult concepts Secular philosophy and rationalism and anti-Christian ridicule, actually kind of funny, <laughs> into essays that stressed human autonomy and self-determination in the face of an indifferent universe. Mm-hmm. The Satanic Bible gave the church a national reputation and served as a strong vehicle for its significant growth. So this is like their guide. It's like, I guess the, the Bible is for Christians, basically. Right. You know? Okay, so I'm. You're probably going to get into it later, but the only thing that keeps on going through my head is right, like so. The Bible. Mm-hmm. I don't know why my brain can't. So the Bible is about being good. I mean, legit. Like the whole thing of it is mm-hmm. having good moral standing, and, and so you, you get into heaven exactly, which is bullshit. But you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And um, it's supposed to follow a good guideline, mm-hmm. and you go to church and you pray to to do good things, yeah. but. In my ignorance, maybe Satan is a negative. He's bad. So, what the fuck are they like? What rules are they following? Or what? Okay, that's what I thought. Yep, no, she said we're gonna get there because I'm just gonna, thinking. Look at it explained because we're viewing Satan as an actual being right now, as a god, as a deity, as whatever. Right, and I'm thinking because my knowledge of what who Lucifer mm-hmm. was is he was a fallen angel. He's the light. You know, like he isn't really this evil heinous person he just didn't like human beings Mm -hmm. and that's where i'm at with that like why are you gonna like pray to somebody who didn't even like your fucking ass well you'll find that they don't do that okay well that's good because that (laughs) uh, that's where my brain is like confusing like how do you fucking let me wrap this around yep so basically here's a short and condensed version of what the church of satan actually is okay um it's a revolution designed to smash the hypocrisy and irrationality which has reigned for the past two thousand years from christianity basically Levy used Satan, quotes, as our primary symbol, employing the Hebrew term predating Christianity, meaning the opposition, the accusers. We use this term as it was originally defined, for we stand in opposition to theist religions. Satan represents freedom from hypocrisy, from convenient lies, and challenges that which is presumed to be true. His image of pride, strength, and defiance inspires us to our own strengths. Unlike most churches, we have no set activities, meetings, or contacts. We are not a congregational religion. The new member comes to the organization ideally with his own goals and plans for achieving them. He presents them to us and is directed in the way that would be most mutually beneficial. True elitists are, by their nature, very individualistic, and neighboring members won't necessarily have anything in common. So just being Satanist together isn't enough. Okay, okay. Like, you know how some people in, like, churches, like, just because they share a common religion, 
they all of a sudden have a bunch of stuff in common. That's not that doesn't happen here. Like, that's <laughs> not no. real. So when we observe members making advances on their own in their chosen fields of endeavor, we will put them in contact with other members running on the same track. We've watched this happen many times and we're pleased and proud to say the results are magical. There are also members who are satisfied simply to join and be counted among the adherents to a philosophy that best embodies their own true nature. That's freaking awesome. So that's in a shortened, condensed version of what? So that's how they use Satan. They use it as the um, Hebrew term that predated Christianity and it meant the opposition or the accuser. So they basically, I mean, we stand in opposition to theist. I mean, I like it because it is, it depicts mm -hmm. Satan as not like this horrible, I'm coming mm -hmm. in and killing you, Strong, but like forceful. he had questions. Mm -hmm. He um, didn't just sit back. He was, um, he was like me. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's what they say. It says his image of pride, strength, and defiance yeah. inspires us to our own strengths. Like he didn't follow the sheep. Yes. He challenged. Mm -hmm. Okay, and I but like at the same that. time he didn't step on the little people, right? So I like that mm -hmm. depiction because all this angry, angry stuff. And I that's and like. that's what um, unfortunately got into a lot of people's heads during like the satanic panic mm. because that's what was put and on even, TV, right? But even before that, just my idea mm -hmm. of Satan, I didn't know this whole like fallen angel light crap until I was much later, much well, no, older. So they're not going to tell you that part. No, we don't. <laughs> Just wanted to pop in here at the end again, again, because like I said, recording had to be split in half. So we had two episodes, two parts to this one episode, I guess. And I didn't want it to just like abruptly end and people be like, what just happened? What's going on? So this is me coming back in to tell you part two is in a different episode, so to speak. And it will both be, it'll be published at the same time as this one is. So you won't have to wait, you know, a day or two or three or whatever. It'll be out right away. So you can just go straight from here to the next part. And I hope you do.